Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond is the Kingsman to my statesman, Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how's it going? It's going very well, my friend. I'm ready to rock and roll with tonight's film. And tonight, this is our spoiler episode, so be warned from the top. We are going to be jumping right in to anything we want to talk about from Candyman 2021. That is the new Nia DaCosta film. So from this point forward, you have been warned, folks. Spoilers ahead. Um, don't say Candyman five times in the mirror. Uh, spoiler, you'll get killed. I so, have a cat mirror right in front of me, and I'm so scared to do it. So I, I know, don't test fate is what I said, right? <laughs> um so Matt and I, if you listen to our non-spoiler episode from the other day, uh, you know we both were big fans of this movie. Um, there is so much in it that I absolutely love, including a cool uh, a cool homage and cameo from Tony Todd, uh, yeah. de-aged Tony Todd that doesn't look doesn't look great. Mm. It's not the worst de-aging I think we've seen, um, but it's not the best either. Uh, but it's cool. I like that they they at least threw him in there. Um, I also I love the way they they take the Candyman and it's not a single individual. Yeah. It is the legacy of, the whole of damn these hive. individuals. Yeah, yes, I love that phrasing. I love the look that they give. Uh, um, um, yeah, how do you say it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. When he has like the like the basically he is the hive. Like you see all like the indentations in his face, his skin rotting from the bees thing. It's so scary and, and gross. And like some of the body horror in this, I had to look away. Like when he starts messing with his fingernail, I don't know if the fingernail comes off or not, but I can't, I can't. So I looked away. Um, but I, I thought, man, they did so much good stuff like that. I was just really, really into this movie. Yeah. When he starts like, pulling the like, necrotic flesh off of his hand. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That wasn't a nice visual on a big old screen. But, um, yeah. Seeing Tony Todd was great. Look, I wanted to hear, I just wanted to hear Tony Todd. I, I haven't, I never saw Candyman in the cinema. Sorry, Denis Villeneuve. But, um, I, I never saw it in a cinema. So I never got to hear Tony Todd's like, bassy booming voice. I come on over a, damn good sound system and i remember saying to you last week all i want to do is just hear tony todd's voice coming over that silky voice and i got to hear it um yes the de-aging was a bit wonky but the voice is still there and that was um i enjoyed that seeing um seeing old robbie tyler again the uh, the og candy man for us but yeah like like you said they, they expanded the law it wasn't just um tony todd there are other candy men out there it's the whole damn hive man um some of the horror in this was very, very good. I mentioned I thought it was well-paced. I like the fact that we didn't just go straight in with kills and horror, because anyone who's seen the original Handyman, Handyman, Candyman, Candy. that's a totally different film. That is a very horror. different movie, yeah. Yes, exactly. How to Build a Shelf. Um, anyone who's seen the first Candyman will know that that, is, that doesn't exactly rush to where it wants to get to. It's a... It's a slow-paced film. They deal more with Virginia Madsen's character, her investigation, building up suspense, what's going on at Cabri- Cabrini Green. Um, it, this film, it's it's a bit shorter than the original, not by much, but it's still very well-paced. We, there's a little bit of time before we get to that first great murder in the art gallery, which I thought was 
fabulous the way they used the mirrors the way they um used the way they kind of introduced Candyman to this new audience via that scene i thought was great and i, I like that they didn't just rush in and even after that they didn't just go full ham with um mm-hmm. death after death after death there was time in between to kind of absorb what had happened and to allow the story to build up to the next one rather than just having like a nonsensical slasher which they didn't thankfully they did not make Candyman a slasher he didn't just come up and just kill people randomly. There was, you know, they had to summon him and the stupid ones who did. Oh, they did. They got it. Um, and one of the kills I especially loved was the, was the art director. When, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, Anthony McCoy is the character name. Sorry. Goes to, um, goes to, uh, Finley Stevens was her name, an art critic goes to her apartment. She wants to interview him about his work. Say my name, which was now nationally famous, uh, because of the art gallery murder, but he, he, she's, um, he tells her to go to the bathroom and say it five times. He starts seeing visions in the mirror, which were great. Uh, but then he's got, he's like, she comes out of the bathroom. I've got to go. He's got to go. got to go. He runs out. And then the camera's zooming away as she runs out. Mm-hmm. And we just see her lifted up by an invisible force against the window. And you just see her, like, her body kind of contort a bit. And then she gets dragged across and there's a blood stain. And I was like, honestly that is so such a good shot because it's mm. inventive they're showing out they're also again making you see this gentrified look of the city um but there's what's happening in the middle which to be honest if you weren't looking you may miss to start with yeah and i've really thought that was great it gave me a cool like rear window vibe too like this yeah. idea of like the voyeuristic looking in and then good show just the uh the overall like apartment structure it's obviously way fancier than the apartments in rear window but at the same time like <laughs> you're seeing kind of the other things happening but you're you're drawn to that centerpiece and yeah very cool shot um a great way to show that uh i was i referred to the bathroom sequence um in our, our non-spoiler podcast, mm-hmm. but you have the girl who is apparently getting bullied by the other girls yeah. uh, who's, you know, just trying to drown them out. She's got her headphones on and we're in the stall with her while the other girls are getting killed, you know, and she is apparently safe. Like she does. I don't believe that Candyman goes after her because she didn't summon him. Yeah. Um, but, and you mentioned like how we see like the, it, the entity picking her up, but you don't see it. And, that idea to go with the, uh, he only exists inside the mirror, essentially. It's like the reverse vampire, right? Like there's only the reflection of him. Um, I thought it was really cool. Cause I don't think that's canon from the original films. Like I think Tony Todd's can't even just shows up and kills yeah. people. Like, I don't think, I mean, he's a summon, but like he, he, you see him in the world too, not just in the reflection. And they, I like that decision to keep him in the mirror as the visual. Cause it adds some really creepy elements like the Candyman kind of creeping out from the corner and like looking, he's just like in the background in a reflection. And if you're not paying attention, you could easily miss those little yes. moments, but those moments are so creepy um, and unsettling, especially the, the Candyman. Cause it's not Tony Todd's characters, Candyman for much of the movie. It's the Coleman Domingo's childhood yeah. trauma. Candyman. Um, William Burke. Yes. And I love that. And again, how that plays into the overarching story that it is, um, the the say my name chant, which again, a little bit prescient uh, in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, I, I read a couple of articles. Uh, I think it was a USA Today article, and I forget who the other article was, but they they pointed out this this thing that I had never thought of. But like, the Candyman movie is holding a mirror to America and saying, "Look at look at this," yep. and that's a really cool way of of like 
explaining why you look in the mirror and say Candyman, right? Like this idea that it is a reflection of the world that we live in and that it's making you acknowledge that, look, the things that we're saying in this movie are reflective of the world that we live in and stuff. It's just, man, um, it's just such a powerful movie. Like it's again, it's, it's entertaining. It's engaging. And that's one of the things that I love about the genre is that it can be on its surface, just this fun time at the movies, just, you know, crazy stuff happens. You get scared. It's like a roller coaster ride. You you have the moments of excitement. You have the build up, the anticipation, the big drop, a great horror movie lets you peel those layers back and start to see a, a bigger story being told. And, you know, you, you have it like with hereditary and mental illness, you have it with, um, you know, uh, the Babadook and same thing, mental illness again. And then here, um, I obviously get out us. They all have these ramifications that is becoming peels kind of signature as far as storytelling. And I, I venture to say, we're probably going to get something similar with Nope. Um, yeah, but, and, it, and while it may not always be subtle, there's still subtlety there. Like, yes, there's the surface obvious stuff, but if you start to peel back and look a little deeper at what, what the messages are and how these things connect, because like at the end of the movie, you know, she's holding him and a, a silhouette. We don't see the cop. A silhouette yep. is all we see. We see hear the gunfire. We don't know who was shot at first, but then it's revealed that he shot him, even yep. though he was helpless and dying on the ground. Because of the call that uh, William Burke made, so he was framed. Yeah, but the police, yes. but, the, but the police, you know, they saw black. They attack. They, they, he wasn't going to stop. He wasn't going to not fire. Right, and and the fact that her name is Brianna, and again, this was filmed prior to the Brianna Taylor stuff. Yep. Um, but it, I'm watching like, wow, that's crazy because this character named Brianna just witnessed a cop burst into a room she was and fire based on presumptions and, and information that they thought they had. Yeah. And again, film before that actually took place. And it, it, it makes all of the, the points that are made about Candyman and how he is this entity of, of, you know, like you can't forget that this atrocity took place and how that really does land differently in 2021, a year after all of the, the upheaval, last year here in the States, I, you know, yes, there is the obvious stuff, but then again, I think when you start to look at all of those things individually and how that it's a recurring thing in society, it's powerful. And I think they execute this very, very well. Um, in my take, I found it, you know, enjoyable to watch as a horror film and even more enjoyable as a think piece. Yeah, I, I never once felt like it was bashing me over the head. I didn't once think like felt feel like I was being preached to or anything like that because it comes down to the writing and um, the the way that they the way that De Costa gets gets her story across and it's not just a film about the about how black people are mistreated in society that is in there but it's much more than that as well there's more underneath the surface you say peel back the layers it made me think of him peeling his skin back but ooh, yeah um there's more going on and it's and it's a, for me it is a clever horror film and i get people might think it's on the nose but you know this is you know the, the f- a film is a way of expressing expression sometimes they can talk about what's happening in the now or in this case what, what's always been happening but kind of what was to come as well um is was fascinating but uh i 
Well, what was there's another mention thing I was going to mention as well, but yeah, that's right. Anthony McCoy, um, Yaya's character, we mentioned on the main show, and I think you're dead right that if you haven't seen the first film, you don't need to have seen that first film because they they expanded it so well with the use of the finger puppets. You know, the I think that's the puppetry they use to show the flashbacks and use it for the dialogue. So such a clever way of doing it dude and it was interesting as well they wasn't they didn't just go back and pull the footage from the old film which would probably have been so easy to do no they went to something mm-hmm. which to me was a lot more macabre a lot more in keeping a lot more in with the tone of the film the artistic vibe the kind of strange um in- inverted tone of the film inverted with the mirrors as well but also you know they pulled a rug from underneath your feet a few times but if you've seen that first film you'll know that uh, Virginia, uh, Helen Lyle, Virginia Madsen's character, she uh, saved a baby that Candyman, Daniel Rabatile, was going to throw in the fire to basically create a uh, a new Candyman, basically someone um, who would be subservient almost to his whims. Uh, you'll know that that baby was called Anthony. Anthony mm-hmm. McCoy, Yaya Abdul, Matina Zekin's character, is that baby from the first film. Virginia Madsen returns as his mother. Um not for just sorry. Um, Vanessa Williams returns as yes. his mother, and I like that tie-in. It, it, it's Me a too. cool tie-in to the first film. It it, it gives you that link without um, being too explicit of saying, "Oh, Virginia Madsen's back and she's going to do." It. No, no, they didn't. They they gave you a logical reason for this film to be connected to that first one, and I really like it, man. And I love the tragic arc that he that befells him, that he gets so seduced or so caught up and into this law and myth that he becomes that he becomes that very person and now and then we know why because Candyman had the plan for him daniel rabbitol had the plan for him all along um and the fact that you know at the end he takes on the form just for that moment of of tony todd i thought it was a fabulous ending i really did and mm-hmm. um and the way that she played the police officer in the car as well um, yes i saw it coming which well, as soon as he was she was in there i was like she's going to look in that the mirror was there the rearview mirror she's going to use it and he says Candyman the fifth time, and that's it. He's gone. Um, so I really like that. I think this is a clever film. I think it's an entertaining film. There were some fun fun moments in it as well. When uh, when when the art gallery murder happens, and it's on the national news, and you know the the, the anchor says, you know, say my name by Anthony McCoy, and he's like, he said my name on national TV. He's like really proud pr- yeah. proud about it. And and uh, Turner Paris is looking at him and just scoffs and walks off, and he's like it's pretty cool though isn't it and there's a few and there's a couple of other moments like that little moments which which, yeah. which listed a laugh which which i think you need i think so many contemporary horror films forget that you know there is a there is room for levity there is room for fun it doesn't derail the film we've done properly and yeah this felt like um uh, i don't say an older film but this felt like a uh, throwback horror obviously it's got jordan peele's fingerprints on it but it is a da costa film but it feels like a yeah a horror film that, that I like. It's not just blood, gore, guts, it's, which they so easy could have done. It feels, you know, again, it takes its time. It, it, it There's twists to it. The characters are well developed. We get the horror moments as well, but it's restrained to a point as well, which I appreciate. Um, I think too, like listening to DaCosta on the blank check podcast, the two times that I've, I've heard her, mm-hmm. uh, she's like, like Peel. She's definitely a student of the craft. Like she's studied yes. film. She knows film very well. So she's definitely versed in the old, old horror, which I think is what you see with Peel too, is that like, I think when he made get out, everyone was so surprised because we only associated him with comedy. But if you listen to him talk about movies, he loves horror and has studied the genre his whole life. So it's not, 
it wasn't surprising that he was able to craft something because he does have a good sense of it. I think Takasa is the same. Um, she definitely does her research and knows what she's getting into. Uh, I, I, it's, it is a, it's a really good film. Everything you just said is, is spot on. And thank you. Sir. Um, there's some really cool stuff in this movie, uh, uh, visually alone that is worth checking out. So even if you're not like a big fan of Cayman or if you're averse to the, the, the political social, social commentary that's being addressed here, I think there's still, it's still worth watching just on a strictly visual level. I hope that, you know, you can get past that because I think this movie is pointing out uh, uh, again, especially that it was supposed to come out both. It was filmed prior to all of the controversy of 2020 and it's basically discussing all of the controversy of 2020, you know, like that's that again shows that it's not a new problem. This is a recurring problem that keeps happening and we can keep acting like it's not, but things like this hold the mirror up to us and make us re-examine ourselves. Yeah, it is exactly spot on, mate. And, you know, as a film is an, is an expression, it's an expressive format and I'm here for it. And if it's as good as Candyman, you know, keep shining, keep, keep shining that mirror on what's happening and keep getting it out of there. So people realize, but um, yeah, we were both big fans of this. This may be, uh, this may be my favorite horror film of the year. In fact, I think it is. To have a yep. quick look at the old letterbox list. Um, it is by far my favorite horror film of the year. In fact, God knows where, where the next one on that list is better than the fair street films. Uh, but that is our show then I think mate. Yeah, that's it for this episode. The spoiler episode. Uh, we will be back with our non-spoiler episode of Shang-Chi and then our spoiler one of that as well. Um, in the meantime, though, you can follow us on our various platforms. I'm at Burke reviews and at Burke reviews.com. Um, I'm sorry, at burgerviews.com and at burgerviews on all the social media platforms. And Matt, where can they find you? Uh, whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and to search what I watch tonight uh, across all the socials and letterbox, you'll find me there. And if you like the podcast, I'm just going to ask you to take a few minutes out of your busy, busy schedule and give us that five-star rating because it helps other listeners find us. Um, and until the next time, I say keep watching movies. And stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 bloody. Blood, 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 blood,